1: The sloping hills of Arling add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it.
0: France Authority, on AM 1420, The Answer.
2: Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on this 15th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. Dave Ray will be here, too. In action to the President's signing today of perhaps, arguably, maybe, the absolute worst piece of trash to come out of the Congress since the Obamacare fiasco. Might be the worst bill since the Obama very solidly passed this border uh, protection bill, which is not a border protection bill because it does not protect the border, nor, nor does it cut down on illegal immigration, nor does it address a myriad of problems that we have in this country with illegal immigration. The flow of drugs the stealing of jobs, the absorbing of resources, and more. But the Senate said, hey, we're good, as long as it shuts down the government, or doesn't shut down the government, rather. 83 to 16 it passed in the Senate. The House said, yeah, we agree, all good to go, including Republicans, 300 to 128. President Trump says, yep, I'll be signing it Friday morning. And It'll speak this morning in about less than an hour, at about uh, 10 o'clock, about border security at which time he is expected to declare his emergency that is bowl. it keeps the government open and if that's what we have to do to secure the border and uh, and to get border funding for the wall then that's what we have to do as long as the president is going to declare an emergency and take those steps then i guess we can swallow the uh this ridiculous bill the more we find out what's in this 1100 it's not about what it does provide. It's about what it doesn't provide. And it's about other things that have nothing to do with border security that are a big, big part of this. There is amnesty. There is a de facto amnesty written into this bill. Remember yesterday we came on the air, and I talked about the fact that this is 1,150 pages. How a border barrier And oh, by the way, then of course they had to throw in their bed count situation, which is also trash. But still, how can it take 1,150 pages? They are putting language in this bill that most people will not understand. And moreover, and more importantly, that the members of Congress weren't going to read. They put out 1,150 pages together and then said we're waiving the 72-hour reading period. We're going to vote on this right away. They had this thing put together on Wednesday night and said Thursday we're voting. Less than 24 hours. That's a problem. And why is that a problem? Because of language that is in that bill that nobody would have had a chance to read and find. Except for organizations like FAIR. 224A of the bill states, now be careful because this is, you know, legalese. None of the funds provided by this act or any other act may be used by the Secretary of Homeland Security to place in detention, remove, or refer for a decision whether to initiate removal proceedings or initiate removal proceedings against a sponsor, potential sponsor, or member of a household of a sponsor or potential sponsor. In simple English, as Fair pointed out this morning, every new unaccompanied minor or child who arrives at the border will trigger an amnesty for multiple layers of illegal aliens who are already here. The illegal aliens who are already here will be eligible for pro- protection from removal or removal proceedings or detention uh, while decisions are being made, including not just actual sponsors of the minor child, but those who might be potential sponsors and every member of their household. It is a massive amnesty for a lot of people who are already here. And you can doggone well expect a massive surge of more unaccompanied minors to this country than we have ever seen in order to legalize potential sponsors and uh, everyone in their household that are already here. There is so much trash in this bill. You know what else is in this bill that nobody was going to talk about? A key provision in this bill presented to President Trump that he'll sign today for to build barriers, fencing, or walls by simply opposing the construction of the border security measures. But many of the specified counties have a long and recent history of top officials taking bribes from the Mexican Gulf Cartel. Ultimately, the bill allows county offices with ties to the Gulf Cartel corruption to stop the barriers from being built. So they're saying, here's enough money for 50, certain type of constructed fences that we decide, and they can be stopped in their tracks by local governments, including corrupt ones. This bill allows Mexican cartel-connected Texas counties to stop the border wall from being built in their counties. Corrupt county officials who have histories of taking bribes from the Mexican. In other words, the Mexican Gulf cartels can stop the border wall from being built simply by throwing a few bucks at some corrupt people on this side of the border who will then say, nope, no border coming through our county. And they remain open for business. There's a history here, too. I'm not. T- this is uh, wonderful research done by Breitbart. This isn't just saying, you know, there's, there's the potential for fraud and for bribes are there. No, 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 no. We're talking about specific individuals, including prison for taking bribes from the Mexican cartels in the past. This history is directly relevant to the present. And that's something we have to think about as well. And then, of course, there is the bed situation. This bill will make it easier for individuals who come to the United States States claiming asylum, It'll make it easier for them to just vanish and never be heard from again because of the bed limitation that has been placed, the cap that has been placed by this bill on Customs and Border Patrol and ICE in terms of detention while waiting for uh, uh, removal proceedings or asylum hearings to begin. Catch and release will be in full effect again. Tell me how this is a good bill, uh, or he's, he is declaring an executive, or I'm sorry, a national emergency, and then using his executive powers to uh, grab around another eight billion dollars from various places in the government, and he can use those to build the wall and build more of it. So problem solved? No, problem is not solved. Again, the direct amnesty for those who are already here doesn't get solved. This his signature on this bill will create that amnesty. It doesn't work. This is a big problem. Meanwhile, the only silver lining to this very, very dark cloud of the bill is the president's declaration of a national emergency and the appropriation of funds to build that border barrier in, in about eight million, eight billion. Maybe you heard it in the news, newscast at the top of the hour. Marco Rubio talking about how don't declare a national emergency. That's a bad idea. The Democrats are shouting and screaming good. If you declare a national, well, they're not saying good. They're basically saying the president is manufacturing a national emergency to get something, fought the Revolutionary War so we could cast off the crown and we wouldn't have to follow King George or his successors. We are a democracy or we are a representative republic and uh, there's no one man who has this kind of power. How dare he declare a national emergency? And then the left, including Nancy Pelosi, saying, okay, just know, though, that if the president uses this situation to declare a national emergency, play that game too. We can de- declare a national emergency on drugs, for example. We can declare a national emergency on guns. We can declare a national emergency on health care. And we can do a number of things. We can ban guns, ban semi-automatic weapons. We can uh, want to do this. They're acting as if the president is breaking new ground here. As if the national emergency has never been done. For your consideration, allow me to present to you the number of national emergency declarations by previous presidents. Jimmy Carter declared a national emergency twice. Ronald Reagan, sorry then. Got news for you. Nance, try it. Because this little thing called our Constitution and our Bill of Rights says that guns are constitutional. Guns, arms, if you will, are the right of the American people. You know what's not in the Bill of Rights? You know what's not in our Constitution? You know what is not protected? Illegal aliens crossing our border with boatloads of fentanyl. That's not protected. That would be a national emergency. No Democrat president is going to be able to declare a national emergency on guns and then say the president is ordering an end to all um, uh, semi-automatic weapons or high-capacity magazines. They're not going to do that. Number one, like I said, guns are protected by the Constitution, by the Bill of Rights. And number two, if it was going to happen, it already would have happened with Barack Obama. Because he did use executive authority to declare national emergencies on 12 different occasions. So much ground to cover today. I have one guest, as I mentioned, Dave Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform will be joining us. We're going to talk more about the immigration bill. The president is going to be speaking at 10 o'clock. We'll have some of that for you. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has cost the city of New York or the region of New York and New Jersey untold millions of dollars. In economic growth, all because in her little socialist heart, she couldn't stand to see a capitalist business being built and surviving and thriving in that region. People are going to lose their their so much. What was the number? I had it earlier. Um, around 25,000 new jobs were going to be created with Amazon going to New York. An average of $150,000 per worker? That's the a- annual salary? Now it's gone because of Alexandria Ocasio-Celibundio-Cortez. That's a story that we're going to get into as well. We've got a lot of ground to cover. Join us now at 2169010945 in the Bob Friends Authority. 926 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. So um, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she thinks she's got a, a card to play here. She thinks she's going to play the, the president is setting a precedent card. The
3: president can declare an emergency on something that he has created as an emergency, an illusion that he wants to convey. Just think of what a president with different values can present to the American people. You want to talk about a national emergency? Let's talk about today, the one-year anniversary of another manifestation of the epidemic of gun violence in America. That's a national emergency. Why don't you declare that emergency, Mr. President? I wish you would.
2: But a Democratic president can do that. Democratic president can declare emergencies as well. A Democrat president has already declared emergencies as well. The last two of them, 29 different times. And guess what? None of the, none of those 29 times were a national emergency on guns that would require the confiscation or the, uh, uh, the declaring of illegal, of illegal the sale of guns. No, Nance, it isn't going to be that easy. You're not going to scare the American people into trying to stop Trump, scare members of his own party into, stying, into trying to uh, stop Trump from declaring a national emergency. It's not going to work that way. You're not going to be able to just say, well, you know, if you do this, then they can do that. Mr. President, don't do it. We're not stupid. The record is clear how many times, 12, that Barack Obama declared a national emergency. The record is clear how many times, 17, that Bill Clinton declared a national national emergency. And yes, other Republicans have, too, 13 times for George W. Bush, six times for his father. So this is not new ground. But this is an emergency. This is not fabricated in the president's mind. How many kilos of cocaine are coming across the southern border? Would you say, Madam Speaker, that it takes to be declared an emergency? How many grams of fentanyl? They just confiscated enough fentanyl coming across the border two weeks ago that would have killed 57 million people. Let me say that again, because it only takes a few grains of fentanyl to be lethal. There was enough there to kill 57 million people. That's not a national emergency. How many trafficked children being taken across our border would you say that it takes for this to be a national emergency? How many kidnappings? How many rapes? How many murders? How much crime? Drugs and more coming across our border. Do you need to see evidence of? And not to mention the humanitarian crisis of it all, because we have this open borders policy that is advocated by people like you and the rest of your sick, demented, demoncrat party. Because we have this, people think they can come from around the world, work their way up through uh, uh, um, Central America and uh, all the way across Mexico, and away we go. Come on in, and they're dying. And women are being raped and children are being dragged and in and, and terrible health. They're malnutrition. They're suffering from malnutrition and dehydration. That is a national emergency. That is a humanitarian crisis. It's not manufactured. It's not made up. And it is not precedent setting. The precedent has already been set. Set. And the president is following that precedent right now this morning. He will explain all of this from the Rose Guard coming up at about 10 o'clock. And we're hopefully going to have that for you here. On AM 1420, The Answer. For now, I can tell you for sure we do have news. And uh, on the other side of the news, Dave Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, will join us right here on AM 1420, The Answer.
0: There are two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer.
2: It is 934 now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. So um, this bill is far, far, far worse than we thought it was at this time yesterday. That's exactly why they should not have been allowed to waive the seventy two uh, mandatory 72-hour um, reading period. The members of Congress are supposed to have three full days to dissect any large bill, especially like this one, which is over 1,100 pages long, to find out whether or not they should vote for it. They cannot be just handed this thing and then said, now we're going to vote. When you take a little bit of time to read it, you find all kinds of trash within it that indicate the president is not going to be saved simply by declaring a national emergency in order to get more border wall funding. He's not going to get saved. By signing this bill and then declaring a national emergency. Because signing this bill, not only does it not give him enough for a border wall, it does a lot of damage on its own right. That's why the uh, House Freedom Caucus, we talk to Jim Jordan every week. He's the founder of the Freedom Caucus, past chairman of the Freedom Caucus. Now it's Mark Meadows. They released a statement saying that the conference report is projected to be thousands of pages long and was negotiated behind closed doors. We believe that members should be given enough time to read it before voting on it so they can decide whether or not a better deal can be negotiated. Congress should pass a continuing resolution to give members enough time to make these considerations on behalf of the American families and communities that they represent. Amen. The Freedom Caucus knows how bad this is. Andy Biggs, Representative Biggs, said, we don't even have the bill yet. We might vote on another government spending bill tomorrow. Let's take an extra week to provide Congress with more time to negotiate a better border security deal for our constituents. The Freedom Caucus is sounding the alarm bell saying, do not let this thing go through. Do not pass this and do not allow it to even be voted on. And, of course, they were overruled. They voted on it, the Senate and the House, both passed it comfortably. And now we have to live with its consequences because President Trump said, yup, I've got my signing pen out. And he'll explain why at uh, about 10 o'clock, about 25 minutes from now, from the Rose Garden. Joining us to analyze is David Ray. David, of course, is with the Federation for American Immigration Reform, now on AM 1420, The Answer. David, good morning. Hey, Bob, how you doing, my friend? I've been better. I've been better. This this is not, not a good morning. This is not a good morning for the security and the sovereignty of this country, David Ray. No, you know, I guess
4: you are joining me with popping the Tums and dealing with the heartburn that this piece of legislation is going to give all of us. I mean, Bob, if I ever had to describe the situations that would create uh, – that, that, that display Washington at its worst, the swamp at its swampiest, nastiest ever, it is when you put a group of Republicans and Democrats in a closed – behind a closed door to negotiate a bill – and then it's released, it's over 1,000 pages long, and it has to be voted on the next day. It's exactly what had happened. We knew we were going to unearth some doozies in here. I mean, not only is the president getting a pittance of what he needs to actually build the wall, but we fear it's going to trigger a national emergency, whether or not he declares one. I mean, one of the humdingers in there is... uh, that that we are perhaps the most afraid of is that we expect this will trigger the largest surge of unaccompanied minors to this country that we've ever seen because there are, are there's language in there that would protect if an unaccompanied minor that's come, come in from anywhere in the world except Canada or Mexico uh, is in a house every illegal alien in that house is protected from deportation by the mere presence. Of that unaccompanied minor, uh, so you you thought we had a surge of unaccompanied minors under the Obama administration. We've just, you know, added some jet fuel to that process, and then there's all sorts of other humdingers in here that, that really Well, hold on a
2: second, people. David. Hey, Dave, hold on a second. Let's stay on that one for a moment and talk about the okay. impact of that because that is massive. That 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 is such an important statement. Uh to talk about the unaccompanied minor portion of this, that would trigger amnesty for countless numbers of illegals who are already here. Uh right. as you say, because if you're not just sponsors but potential sponsors or family members of potential sponsors. And what does that right. mean? We're, we do people realize that 30 to 40% of the violent gang uh, known as MS-13 came into this country as unaccompanied minors. I mean, this is this is a big part of this. Uh, it's de facto sanctuary for anybody who's near an unaccompanied right. minor. And 30 right. to 40 percent of the MS-13 arrests have been unaccompanied minors. So so they're, it's going to encourage, as you said, more and more of them to come here, uh, thus providing legalization for untold thousands, if not millions, by the time it's all said and done, of, of, well, of illegal immigrants already here. So the president's border wall would be like shutting the barn after the horse has already run out.
4: Right. You know, I mean, by signing this bill, he's creating a national emergency, and then he's going to declare one. But, I mean, think of it, if you reverse engineer it, let's say we have a group of Central American illegal aliens living in Lorraine, okay? Okay. And they've lived here for five years, and all of them are here illegally, and they all know that they are deportable. Now they're going to send off for for a, a young member of one of their families, to come to the United States, they're going to pay some coyote two thousand dollars to smuggle this kid, and it is going to be a child to the country. Yep. Uh, they're going to walk across the border. Then they're going to then the the, the, the child will have them contacted, uh, and because you know they'll. I so guess I do have a relative. My uncle lives in Lorraine, and then once that child gets into that house, everybody in the house, ha- every illegal alien in that house in downtown Lorraine is now protected from ever being deported. It creates a real mess for immigration enforcement, and yes, the president is getting uh, 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 some money for his wall, but at what cost? I mean, right? It is uh, we are we we have real fears that we are triggering something that we are not expect. You know, uh, this is one of the unattent- unintended consequences that you always hear uh, that Congress gets us into, and the and the problem is is that the unaccompanied minor issue was already a big problem. I don't know if you recall back when the whole separating uh, kids from their parents became this big media story, although it's been happening for years. At that time, President Trump announced that that the Department of Homeland Security had uh, 12,000 minors uh, in its custody, right? Of those 12,000, 10,000 of them, had arrived without any parents. So mm-hmm. this is already an enormous phenomenon. Now think about a rush of young people into the country without parents. Uh, they Wherever they settle, the state and local taxpayers are, all, are already going to be forced to fund free education, plus whatever social services they're going to uh, be eligible for. So it's going to be a huge money suck. A, it hugely, a, a massively incentivizes illegal immigration. The president should veto this bill. This is Washington at its worst. If he's going to declare a national emergency, there's plenty of money out there that he can grab for this wall. This 1.3 billion has a far, uh, it, it has too high of a price tag. And the Democrats were very crafty in getting this put in that bill, but. This is like I said Washington at its worst
2: well you in know I said despite- something David I said something very similar on this show yesterday I said this is why people hate government they these, yeah. these Republicans and Democrats were sent into a room in this conference committee to come out with a way to protect and secure our border that everybody would be happy with and instead they came right. out with this 1150 page thing that includes money for the census it includes a whole bunch of money uh, more oh, more yeah. for these things than it does the wall uh, to pay uh, a back pay to contractors who are not even at federal employees, but just contractors uh, that didn't uh, that didn't do any work during the shutdown I mean all of this stuff is why we hate government we can 't trust right. government. you said it it's the swampiest thing ever and and yeah. back to the actual matter at hand uh with respect to the border and the building of a border wall, the other thing this bill or one of the other things that this bill does and there's language in it. Uh, that essentially says if Texas border counties don't want the wall to be built there, all they have to do is say no. Uh, This has to be done with their permission. And uh, I read a great report this morning about the history of many of the uh, 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 members of leadership of these uh, Texas border counties. They have a history of taking bribes from Mexican drug cartels. The Mexican right. Gulf Cartel, in particular, so all they got to do is flip a few more suitcases or bags or whatever, of money uh, to the leaders on the uh, uh, on the American side of the border, and then they're going to turn and say, "Yeah, no wall here through our county," and and it's right. just business as usual. So how can we allow? How can we say we're funding a, the building of a border wall, but then basically say unless the locals don't want it, then it's gone?
4: Yeah, you know, it's uh, uh, I, I don't think we want local governments making decisions that affect uh, the the security of the nation. I mean, it's inarguable that we have currently have and have had for some time a humanitarian and national security crisis going on at the border, but this bill is not going to solve that. And the the, the president, as I said, could veto this bill. I think it would be his veto could be sustained in the House because I think a lot of Republicans would, although they voted for the bill. The first time around, if the president vetoed it, I think they would jump over and support him. He could go ahead and declare his national emergency. I mean, let's just talk briefly about that idea. You know, uh, the Democrats like to say that, you know, declaring a national emergency, you know, is some huge event. It's been done uh, uh what is it, like 41 times in our history already.
2: 29 times just by the oh, last yeah. two Democrat presidents, 17 from yeah. Clinton and 12 from Obama.
4: Yeah, I mean, actually it was 58 times since it was enacted by President Gerald Ford. 31 of them are still in effect. So this is not some some anomaly thing that has never happened. This has happened many, many times. And there are pots of money that are available to the president even without declaring a national emergency through uh there are emergency uh construction projects through the secretary of defense that are that where monies can be reprogrammed uh to protect public health safety equality the environment there's uh money available to the department of defense to fight organized crime which is you know like the cartels bringing in heroin over our southwestern border there are other ways to go about this this is A bad piece of legislation I wish the president wouldn't sign it we're all going to suffer the consequences of what the swamp has produced on this if he does
2: David Ray of the Federation for American Immigration Reform joining us David you know the the part about you know he was able to cobble together eight billion dollars from these various sources that you're talking about I'm still struggling to understand Um, why we need to do that at all, why we don't just go to the Pentagon for all of it. Because, as I've said before, we're not taking any money out of any Pentagon program to do this because in the last budget, in the last spending bill that funded the Pentagon, they got $88 billion more than even the Pentagon asked for. So the Pentagon said, DOD said, here's what we need to pay all of our, 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 our personnel. This is what we need for all of our building, all of our infrastructure, all of the weapons, you know, uh, 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 you know, whether it be planes or or, or ships or or tanks or, or anything else. This is what we need. And they got $88 right. billion dollars more than that. $88 billion more than that. That's extra money. How come we can't just take 5, 10, 8, 10, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 of those billion dollars and use every penny of it on the border wall?
4: Well, you know, I don't know what has happened since that money was given to the Pentagon if it's been earmarked for projects. But uh, the only money that they can redirect is money that hasn't been committed to other things. So that would be something the Pentagon would have to answer. But there are multiple billions of dollars there that could be redirected through, through through the powers of the presidency that already exist. Yeah. Uh, Without declaring a national emergency, I mean, you know, the 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 bill that the president is going to sign. One of the best ways, and Fair has been pushing this idea since the late 1970s. One of the best ways of funding money uh, of of uh, of raising money to fund border enforcement is through through charging a border crossing user fee. I mean, I don't know, Bob. Last time you drove across the state of New Jersey, it cost you about. 20 bucks to traverse the state of new jersey yet to come into the united states it's free if you're coming in by foot uh you know if you charge the two or three dollar border crossing user fee for the inspections that these folks get and everything we would raise hundreds of millions of dollars that could be um used for building president trump's wall over the next few years the bill that he's signing. make sure that that doesn't happen and it prevents the use of any kind of border fees. Mm. It, uh, you you know, it, it has so many poison pills in it protects uh, or prohibits construction of the wall on, on parcels of federal land and state parks, gives four mayors, you know, veto power uh, who are on the border for uh, border mayors veto power power over whether or not they want to have, uh, the wall in their sector i mean you know whether they're it, corrupt or not right
2: right and, and and regardless
4: of of who's funneling them money yeah, this is just like i said it it's unbelievable i was a little bit leery when going into this process the democrats announced that they did not we're not going to try to get an extension of temporary protected status for illegal aliens from from certain countries that were granted temporary status here or they weren't going to try to get a DACA amnesty. There's no such thing as the Democrats going in and wanting nothing. So the question right. was, what in the world is it that they want? And when we started reading through, you know, this bill was released at midnight. It's over 1,000 pages long, and they voted on it the very next day. Yeah, less than
2: 24 hours to read it, which they're supposed yeah. to have 72 hours, mandatorily, unless they waive that, and the Democrat leadership right. waived it.
4: Right. I don't know what the president's thinking. Maybe he's going to make his thoughts more clear at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock when he holds his press conference. But there are ways of doing this. This is not a victory for him. I hope you realize that.
2: Well, I, and, and, and what's frustrating is I think he's going to try to make it one and say look, and, and, and the only thing that makes it a victory in my mind is if you get a dollar from Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats to build border barriers, now you take the, hey, uh, border barriers are a moral card off the table. So they can no longer uh, argue yeah. in future battles over building a wall that it's immoral. Because if they've already approved some of it, that means they, they can't make that case anymore. So in that way, right, well, it at least opens the door for more to be done. But I think he, I, I fear anyway, David, that he's gonna say, well, you know, look, I got 55 uh, miles paid for, uh, and now here's yeah. what I'm gonna do in, in, you know, on top of that, I'm gonna get another $8 billion to pay for more of it from these other sources, and here we go with the court challenges. That's not a win when you consider all of the poison pills and all the little landmines and traps that are contained in yeah. the language of these 1100 pages.
4: Yeah, I mean, just for clarification, though, about Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi does not believe that walls are immoral. That's why her mansion in Napa Valley, California, is surrounded by a wall. It's surrounded by well, a wall. Well, like she
2: doesn't have to means. believe it. We shouldn't have to believe it, but if she says it long enough for her yeah. minions to believe it, you know, yeah, right. that's not right. That's all that it takes. At least we, she can't say that anymore, You know, whether she well, believed yeah. it or not. Now she can't even speak it because the hypocrisy would just be played right back to her. At least it should be. Right. So
4: well the wall the walls the wall's uh good enough to protect her family, but not enough not important enough to protect yours, Bob Well how well, about how about, how about Bano
2: O'Rourke? How about Robert Francis O'Rourke, who likes to go by Beto because he thinks it gives him more street cred with the Hispanic community. Uh, but how about, how about Robert Francis O'Rourke, who said yesterday on television, on NBC, that he, or MSNBC, that he would tear down the border walls that exist now if he could. That would be his move. And if he becomes president, that's what you can expect. He just held a rally, a competing rally with President Trump, uh, in El Paso, in which he was surrounded and protected by fences and barriers from the crowd. Right. And, and right. think about that. You, you, if walls and borders and, bar, or excuse me, walls and barriers and fences don't work, why are you hiding behind them while you're giving a, a, a rally, uh, you know, and, and, and rallying against border walls, you know, to this crowd in El Paso? So the hypocrisy right. of the left is just on full display, and obviously we need to, uh, we need to make that clear. The president's going to speak from the Rose Garden in probably about 10, 15 minutes, and we'll see what he has to say. And David All Ray, right. of course, uh, we'll we'll You're hear what you have to say next time. Pitch. Yeah, you yes, he will. Bob. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. God bless. Great. Appreciate have you. A great morning. You, have you too. Thank too. you, sir. David Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform, does a great, great job with them. We always love having him on. We're going to try to carry the president live, depending on what time he starts speaking. He's notoriously late to these types of things. He may not start speaking until ten twenty or ten thirty, but we're going to try to carry some of that live for you uh, as we continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Right. It, I know what I'm talking about. All right, 9.56 now. The Bob Francis Authority continues. The president is supposed to be speaking sometime after 10 o'clock. We're going to try to bring that to you uh, from the Rose Garden at the White House where uh, he's going to explain his declaration of an emergency, probably explain why he's signing the bill that he absolutely should not sign. Uh, this bill is just filled with all kinds of very, very bad stuff, bad language for the American people. Uh, it's going to provide less detention space for border crossers, and it's going to provide more catch and release for border crossers. Uh, it's a disaster. And the fact that the swamp delivered it to the president's desk and the president is going to sign it is equally disastrous. And uh, how does that make the president draining the swamp? If he's signing swamp declarations. Can't happen. Mark is calling us from Fairview Park on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, hi Marco, right ahead, sir.
3: Oh, Bob, that's Marcos.
2: Oh, Marcos, sorry about that. I got Mark <laughs> on my screen. My bad.
3: <laughs> no, I, uh, but uh, what I wanted to say, you know, so far today, there's been oh, only you're, one. Oh, you're you're funning
2: and... me, aren't you? You're funning me, Marcos. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> okay, sorry.
3: <laughs> I was I was just picking up on uh, what uh, the other politician down there. Gotcha,
2: next, so... understood. Sorry, I'm a little slow okay. sometimes. Go ahead.
3: Gracias. But uh, so far today, there's been only one thing that uh, made me sicker than Pelosi's uh, continued attempt at fighting this president. With, you know, which we naturally expect by now. We're used to it, and that's this anti-American, this arrogant horse's ass we had to listen to during a congressional questioning. You know, who couldn't even read her own script, probably a care-provided script. And uh, I, I just want to say, if I was at Mr. Abrams, I, I would have said, I'm not here to be questioned and humiliated by children and politely just walked out, you know, it, 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 I, I just it was just deplorable. The whole situation It was
2: that. Was it was every bit as bad as that. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if he was an invite. He was an invited guest to testify. I don't think he was under subpoena, so he probably could have gotten up and walked out. But uh, but then, of course, it turns you know, him into the bad guy as opposed to let's just let her do her thing and let America be what they were, which is outraged over that conduct.
3: Well, people aren't happy about it. I've talked to a lot of people, especially on the talk shows there that I listen to during the day. Yeah. Uh, really un- unacceptable unacceptable behavior.
2: Well, she asked him obviously some extraordinarily unfair questions, and then when he answered them or one of them anyway, s- said okay, I'm going to take that as the opposite. Why is he there? Why don't you just tell him uh, I don't need you for this five minutes, sir. I'm just going to read a speech here, and I'm going to tell everybody what I think your answers would be, rather than actually getting answers from you. Why didn't she try that? It was an embarrassing display, the likes of which I have not seen before on Capitol Hill. Again, maybe as I said yesterday, I kind of backed off that a little bit and said maybe with the exception of some of the questioning of Brett Kavanaugh during the uh, uh, confirmation hearings this past fall. Alright, we got uh, news coming up here at the top of the hour. Then the president is supposed to speak. If he starts speaking we're going to try to bring that to you live. If he does not, then obviously we'll come right back and get to your phone calls. We've got a lot more to get into in hour number two on AM 1420 at the end.